How is it going, everybody? This is Sean Barnes. I want to welcome you to episode five of The Way of the Wolf. Our episode today is going to be part two of the series around building a team. Our episode last week was focused on a few thoughts and ideas and tips and tricks on how to handle inheriting a team. And like I mentioned in the previous episode, when you look at inheriting a team versus building a team over time, there are some similarities, but there are also some subtle differences. So in this week's episode, we're going to go through the approach and my recommendations and thoughts on how to build a team whenever you're starting from scratch. Say you just step into a manager role and then over time the business grows, the organization changes and you start hiring people and people start gradually adding to your team over time. So the first thing that we want to do, similar to last week, is assess the situation. You have to have some sort of an understanding of the needs of the business and the direction that you want to take your team and your functional group to figure out, okay, where are we heading? What are we trying to accomplish? So identifying that direction, that's going to be the first step in this approach. You then need to figure out how to identify what gaps you have. Now, this is much easier than inheriting a team because you are the individual. So you have to identify what are my weaknesses, which can be challenging. But at the end of the day, you know where your strengths are. And so that can be an indicator as to where your weaknesses might lie and trying to determine, okay, what gaps do we need to fill to meet the needs of the business? Some of these gaps, if it's just you, you can focus on on personal development and training and, and things like that. But as the business grows, you may get to a point where you need to actually fill some of those gaps by bringing in some expertise from outside of the organization. That's a good segue into step two, which is building the team. This is something that's that's really exciting, and I like this approach because you have the opportunity to interview individuals and and kind of find out what makes the most sense based on your vision and direction of the team. You, you can be much more selective during this process. You don't have to just inherit people and then try to figure out how to make it work. You're able to interview multiple individuals over a period of time, find that right fit, and bring them in to build your team. So I do like that approach. It, it's, it's preferential to take that approach in my opinion and experience. But uh, again, there's, there's pros and cons each way. So as the team continues to grow, let's just say you end up getting two, three, four, or more members of your team as the business grows, then things start getting really exciting. You're always going to be able to identify gaps in the business and figure out what are new holes that need to be filled. Who do we need to bring into the team now And as you start interviewing and filling those gaps, you use this as an opportunity to bring others in your existing team into this process. You want to make sure that if you're going to hire somebody new on your team, that other members of the team have the opportunity to interview that person as well. What I like to do is have like a a panel or a group interview. Let's just say I've got myself and, and two other members of the team will sit down, interview that new candidate that may be coming in to to join the team. And I like this panel interview approach because it does a few things. It has a tendency to create a situation where the interviewer 
or the person, I'm sorry, the person coming in has a, they can be a little bit nervous. If they're sitting across the table from two or three individuals, you're putting them in kind of a high pressure situation. So you get a sense of how they might react under pressure. You also get an opportunity to see how well communication flows within the team. So I'll usually spend 20, 30 minutes having conversations with the individual, and then I will actually step out and let the other members of the team then continue on with the interview. That What that does is it builds trust with your existing members on your team because that lets them know that you trust them, you trust their judgment, and it also creates a situation where everyone can speak more freely about the good, the bad, the ugly, all the different things associated with with working at your business or on this team. So I really do like that approach. Now, one of the things that happens is as your team grows over time, the needs of the business and team will change. And you know, if your company is highly acquisitive or they start growing in different regions of the country or state or whatever it may be, your needs will definitely change over time. When you look at supporting a company with 100 employees versus supporting a company with 2,000 employees, there are drastically different needs at, at both of those levels. And then also if you look at private versus public, there's, there's all sorts of needs that change over time. And that's a perfect segue into the, the final uh, step here, which is the need to adapt. As I mentioned, the needs of the business in your team are going to change over time. That is inevitable. That is one thing that it will always be constant is needs are going to change. You have to be able to adapt. So how do you handle this? Well, we've already discussed bringing members in on the team. There's also uh, professional development that can occur. Now, this can be around technical skill sets and aptitudes or on the emotional intelligence side of things, which in my experience, not a lot of businesses have a tendency to invest in the emotional intelligence side. And I will say, I think that is probably more important than having someone who's extremely technical and understands all the ins and outs of some type of technology. Because if you've got that individual who is brilliant when it comes to Microsoft cloud architecture, that's all well and good. But if that person cannot communicate with anybody on the team, they, it's not going to end up well. There's going to be challenges. So focusing on that professional development, uh, technical and emotional intelligence side of things is going to be really important for you to continue to, to focus your efforts on as a leader. Because as you grow as a leader and as your team grows, your role is going to shift significantly over time. Once you get into more of a senior leadership role, it's no longer about the tasks that you do and what you as an individual contribute to the team. Your role begins to transition and grow into that of a force multiplier. And I touched on this in one of my YouTube videos the other day. I, I love this concept because it's so powerful and it's so true. Your role as a leader, especially when you get a larger and larger team, is to ensure the success of everyone on the team. There's a quote that comes to mind for me that is, all ships rise with the tide. Whenever I hear that, I think of, okay, that means we've got to make sure that all individuals on the team are performing at their absolute best 
So as a leader, again, you go in and you identify, hey, who needs help? What help do they need? And you figure out how to get them there. So a few things to consider whenever we look at this overall. Things are going to change. The team is going to grow. You're going to have maybe some attrition, some turnover within the team. That's okay. What's important is making sure that you constantly stay in tune with the needs of the business and the needs of your team. And you have to be willing to adapt. Again, we touched on that earlier. So through this process, I want to stress the importance of being selective with who you hire, who you bring into the team. Inevitably, you are going to make mistakes. We have all made bad hires. Some people interview extremely well. They're just fantastic. They're maybe outgoing and bubbly and communicate well, but then you get them into the organization and you realize, oh, wow, this person is a mess. They can't get anything done. It happens. What you have to do is figure out, okay, what are those challenges? We've got to adapt. Do you put that person in a different role? Or are they maybe not really right for the organization? And if that's the ultimate conclusion that you come up with, it's your responsibility as a leader to be able to transition that person out somewhere else to another organization or somewhere else within your, your business. Another thing that's uh, exciting for me is when you start looking at succession planning. I love the thought and approach to succession planning because it gives you the opportunity to build trust, to invest in those members on your team, and to help build them and develop them over time. One of the important elements to succession planning is making sure that you're having open and honest conversations with those individuals. I can, I can vividly recall having conversations with my current IT director. Before he stepped into the role, he and I started having conversations about him stepping into that role maybe a year or 14, 15 months before it actually ever occurred. Because one, I wanted to find out, is this something that he really wants to do? And if so, okay, we're going to start having some different conversations because I'm going to start putting more pressure on him. I'm going to start guiding him in certain directions and, and sharing my thoughts and feedback as if he were in that role. So again, I, I love the whole concept of succession planning. And I'll, now that I think about it, I'm going to create an episode uh, completely focused on that at some point. The last thing to consider is how vitally important communication is. This is just so critical. You have to be able to create clarity for your team. You have to be transparent with your team. Now, and in large organizations, and especially publicly traded organizations, there will be times when you cannot be 100% transparent. There are certain things that senior leadership at an organization are aware of that they just simply can't share with individuals on the team. I do, however, think that it is important to be as transparent as possible, because when you do that, you create an environment where the team trusts you and knows that you're sharing 
as much information as possible so that they know what they're trying to accomplish. What is the mission we, we, we are doing? How am I adding value to this organization? And when people can see the big picture, that gets them excited. That makes them realize they are making an impact. And the last thing on communication is going to be a book called Crucial Conversations. I love this book. It is a, uh, a phenomenal read, and it helps individuals figure out how to have tough, challenging conversations and navigate those waters. And, and kind of the, the overall concept of it is when you go into a difficult conversation or situation, you have to be able to read the other individual that's part of this, this conversation. You have to be able to read their body language and their cues and, and figuring out where are they at. Are they in a safe place? Are they communicating openly and honestly with you? If they're not, you have to, it is your role as a leader to navigate those waters and get them to a comfortable place. For me, some tricks that I've found over the years, change the topic, change the topic to something else like uh, their dog or their kids or, or something else aside from what you're discussing in that moment. What this does is it diffuses a situation takes their mind off of this stressful conversation and allows them to focus on something else. Once they warm up and start feeling a little bit more comfortable, you can look at their body language and th they start to open back up again. You can start to veer the conversation back into what you really want to cover and the things that need to be addressed. And it's kind of a back and forth. It's, it's a little bit of an accordion and it's a bit of a dance, really. You've got to figure out how to do that. So communication is so, so crucial. You've got to be able to focus on it. All right, so in closing, it's going to be a little bit different than last week. The focus is assessing the situation, determining the needs, building the team. This is, again, crucial. We all talk through all this stuff. And then the ability to adapt. You've got to adapt and, and be comfortable with change. And that's it. So again, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the episode today. If any of you have any questions or ideas or would like to talk through this in a greater level of detail, please feel free to email me at sean at thewayofthewolf.com and I will look forward to hearing from you guys soon. Thank you.